Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Oh, I guess it's my turn. Hello there. Hello. I was waiting for Joel to say something. <laughs> something. It was my turn to start. Mike Kapler here. Hey, Joel Brzezicki there. Hey, and we're here for another week of the Growing in Grace podcast. Glad you found us. Not sure how you did it, but congratulations. You are about to enter not the twilight zone, but the Growing in Grace zone, where you will be reassured and comforted and uh, hopefully given some some news that will bring some joy and peace into your life, all right? So we're, we're a little bit different from some, some of the other stuff that's out there, and if you'll stick with us, I, I think you'll know where we're coming from here. Yeah, so, you know, growing in grace. Obviously, we are for the idea of growing, not stagnancy, not sin. People will sometimes, you know, accuse us of, you know, the things that we say, well, you're just telling people to go out and do whatever they want. You're just encouraging sin. Well, that's not what we want. The reason we do what we do is to help people to grow in grace. And one thing that grace does is it causes people to be fruitful, to bear fruit unto God. And Paul had told his brethren, uh, his fellow Jewish brethren, that they had to be dead to the law in order to be, one, married to Christ, to be joined to Christ, He was using a marriage illustration, so he said in order to be married to Christ, they had to be dead to the law, and also in order to bear fruit to God. Because under the law, what was born? What did they bear? It was the fruit unto death. So in order to be joined to Christ and to bear fruit to God, he told them they had to be dead to the law. Where are you going to hear that in a church these days? Thankfully, more and more churches are coming around to this, but there are still a lot. And we're talking uh, these last few weeks and in the weeks to come about things that you should hear in church, but you don't. And this is one of those things, that the law bore fruit to death. The ministry and the fruit of the law included a, a lot of things. You see, what you have today in the church is people, well, it's the, it's the Bible, so I open up my Bible, and there's the law. And so we got to teach the law. We're believers in God, and so we got to teach his law. And they don't realize that that was a different covenant. And it wasn't even for us, us Gentiles. And it's not for the church today, because the new covenant rendered the old covenant obsolete. When the new covenant came, it says in Hebrews, the old was made obsolete, and it was done away with. We talked about some of that last week, where, yes, Jesus came to fulfill the law, And once he did fulfill the law and died and rose again, then Paul says in Ephesians 2 and Colossians 2 that it was wiped out, done away with. Uh, It was abolished in his flesh, and it was nailed to the cross. And so some of the fruit in the ministry of the law, it's just absurd. That Cap, you had brought up another word. Can I say it? Go for it. Stupid? How... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how how stupid it, it is is it, it of it's, us it's it's just stupid <laughs> and i i told joel I, I won't use that word but then i said well maybe i will joel used it ahead of me he, he just couldn't wait he was chomping at the bit as I you couldn't could tell. wait i wanted uh, to but it's just silly 
for people to be advocates of this stone tablet ministry when we have all of this new revelation and information within a new covenant context uh, as to the fulfillment of, of that old law that was established in a first covenant with the Israelites, not with the rest of the world. We were never under it to begin with. That's the other funny thing about all of this. But the other uh, stupid and, thing? and again, as, as we mentioned toward the end of last week's program, when people become law advocates, they're, they're really not talking about the law. They're, they're talking about their own modernized religious version of it. Very condensed, by the way. Well, ca- well Cap, see, yeah, because- just on that, on that, I think you said something a few weeks ago. Most people don't even know what the law says. They can't even recite the Ten Commandments. Some people can. Some people have memorized them. But the 603 other ones, most people don't even know what the law says, never mind keeping it. Yeah, well, and and, and Paul pointed that out in some of his writings. Do you not know what the law says? Right. And, And that you have to keep all of it in order for this ministry to be of any effect. Well, of course, nobody had ever done that. Everybody had fallen short. That's the point of the law. That That's what the ministry of the law was meant to do, was to bring people to the end of themselves. They could not attain the required right standing with God, the required righteousness by what they did through the works of the law. It could not be done. It never happened. It never will happen. It was not meant to do that. It caused sin to increase. There's uh, just so many things about the law written in a new covenant context, and once we begin to understand that, then we uh, will stop trying to advocate for it and, and start to advocate for the blood of Jesus instead. You see, because I, I think maybe where I was going with this is the top 10, for example, that people like to tout a lot. Uh, as you said, Joel, probably a lot of us couldn't even uh, begin to recite what they are, and no big deal if you don't know what they are, but the top 10. It, really, in, in, in a nutshell, to try and paint a picture here that makes it as simple as possible, it's a little more complicated than this, but to make it as simple as possible, the top 10, the 10 that God engraved on stone tablets, it really is a summary of the rest of the law. They were interconnected. I used the domino thing last week, the, the, the chain link. They fall into each other. For example, A lot of people don't realize when it comes to, and and this is really why they should be called in this day and age, they should be called the Nine Commandments, because virtually nobody is keeping the Sabbath the way the Sabbath was supposed to be kept under the First Covenant. We just, we've modernized it into something else, closed businesses and that sort of thing, you know, but in any case, with the Sabbath, you've got close to 40, just under 40 other statutes, commandments, and rules attached to that one hmm. with the Sabbath. Obey the Sabbath, keep it holy. But people don't follow the other 39 commandments that are attached to that one. There's all kinds of these rules and regulations, uh, subheadings of the, of the original headline, you know. And that's kind of how the law worked. But the law increased sin. It was the strength of sin or the power of sin. It bore fruit for death. It was not based upon faith. We're finding all of this stuff in New Covenant writings. It could not make anything perfect. And the list goes on and on. It was the ministry of death. How many people have heard that in a church building in 2 Corinthians chapter 3? The ministry of death and condemnation. And although it once had glory back in the day of Moses, that glory faded and has come to have no glory at all because of another glory that surpassed it, a glorious ministry of the Spirit of God. But you still have these people 
who want to quote one verse of Scripture from somewhere in the Bible. We mentioned one from Matthew 5 last week where Jesus said he did not come to abolish the law, and we talked about that. If you haven't heard it, check out last week's program. And we're going we're gonna to go from here a little bit too, but I, we're, we're trying to lay the foundation here and make the case that that ministry, which could not give life, which could not bring righteousness, if it could, then righteousness would have been by the law, as Paul said. It couldn't do any of those things, uh, and yet people still advocate for it. Uh, you know, if they're going to hang the a plaque of the Ten Commandments in, in church buildings on the wall when you walk in, they should have some sort of a, a an asterisk underneath it that says, Ministry of Death and Condemnation, we have no relationship with this ministry. Nothing at all, no relationship at all. In fact, you know, like we've been saying, the church of today will take the law and and use it as guidelines for living rather than what the actual ministry of the law was. The actual ministry of the law was, you know, Romans 3.19, it says it was to shut mouths (laughs) to make people guilty. It was meant to shut people's self-righteous mouths. It wasn't meant to help people to live right because it couldn't. In fact, Paul said in Romans 7, but sin, taking opportunity by the commandment. And in the context there, he's talking about the Ten Commandments specifically because he's talking about coveting and, and other things. Sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, produced in me all manner of evil desire, or some versions say covetousness of every kind. For apart from the law... Apart from the law, sin was dead. I was once alive without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived, and I died. That was the ministry of the law. That's what happened through the law. Sin revived. If you want a revival in the church, we need a revival. Well, people want a sin revival, at least in theory, because they're preaching the law. When the commandment came, sin revived and I died. That's what Paul said. That was the ministry of the law. And why would we want to use the law when this is what it does? As you said, Cap, it bore fruit to death. Sin abounded through the law. You know, all throughout Paul's epistles, and that's the thing. We, like you were saying, we have this revelation in the New Testament epistles about what the ministry of the law was. I've got a list of things, and we've already talked about a lot of this stuff already. We've brought them up, but there are things in Romans, 2 Corinthians, Colossians, Ephesians, 1 Corinthians, Galatians, uh, Philippians, Hebrews, of course, all these things that talk about the ministry of the law, how it was against us, contrary to us, not for us. And yet the church will use the law in the way that it wasn't meant to be used. The way that it was meant to be used, as you said, of course, too, was to bring people to the end of themselves so they would see, I can't do this. I can't live unto God by the things that I do. I just can't do it. It's I cannot live up to this standard of perfection. I can't do it. I need a Savior. I need the Lord Jesus Christ. That was the ministry of the law. That was the purpose of the law, the ministry of the law for the Jews. It was meant to point them to their need for faith. And then once faith has come, the ministry of the law, the tutor of the law, its job is done. Now they are in faith. And Paul said the law is not of faith. So they've gone from what is not of faith, the law, to faith in Christ. The ministry of the law is done. Get that away from you. Forget about it because now you're in a new and living way. 
the law could not bring life. You know, Paul talked about how, well, if there was a law that could have given life, then truly righteousness would have been by the law. But he found no life under the law. In fact, he said sin revived and he died. And I think you brought this up, uh, what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of a sinful flesh. And so the righteous requirement of law might be fulfilled in us. And that's what the ministry of Jesus was for us. His death and resurrection provided that for us. A few seconds left, Cap, maybe a minute or so if you want to wrap things up. Well, when we start trying to give people the impression that we can keep the law, that's an insult to the spirit of grace Mm. because Jesus is the fulfiller. All right. We're not the fixer. And so we trust completely in what he did that has brought us to a place of righteousness. So I know where the legalistic mindset goes here. We've been there. We've done that. It's been more than a couple of decades since we've been in that camp. But we know what people think. And so the legalistic mindset automatically starts to think, are you saying I can just go out and do whatever I want? Are you just saying people can go out and kill people and steal and cheat and lie and all this? Uh, is, is that what, by, by, by what you're saying, you're just telling people to do whatever they want. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll get into more of that next week. And we'll talk about a better way than trying to keep written rules and regulations that you are not able to accomplish. And we hope you'll join us next week right here. Same bat time, same bat channel, growingingrace.org. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.